0: to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about what happens when you stare into this book, Fate of the Jedi, Book 3, Abyss. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, I am whispering for no good reason, but we are going to talk about Fate of the Jedi, Book 3, Abyss in its entirety from front to back. We finished it last guess, week. Yes, we did. We finished our 12th book of the podcast, third of this series, Fate of the Jedi. Yep, but our 12th overall in this what we have mathematically figured to be a decade long endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> Decades long, I believe. Yes, if our math is correct, four chapters at a time. Pum, pum, pum. Previously on Forever Canon, we finished the book and we talked about how it was mostly fantastic at the end except for one little minor setback and maybe that's just me being nitpicky but we'll talk about that uh, near the end of this episode when we we get there but that was last week this week on forever canon we start our review episode for abyss as we always do with the uh i'm going to say quotation marks this time galactic (laughs) overview (laughs) Where we talk about what's happening in the galaxy at large, outside the greater scope of our our characters. Except, not really so far in this series, eh? Yeah, no, not yet. We've had Jaina, Han, Leia all on Coruscant the entire time, just about for these three books. Yep. Other than, you know, Han and Leia popped off to go save one of Lando's factories for a half a book. Other than that, we haven't really been seeing like what the uh, the larger, broader view like we had in the last series, where when you're talking about a galactic civil war, you then start talking about larger factions and numbers of planets and and,
1: and, right, like hundreds, thousands of planets. Yeah, yeah. type
0: of thing. This story (laughs) seems to be way different, uh, far differently focused, Mm -hmm. where don't really get a big peek into what's happening anywhere outside of Coruscant and what our main characters are doing yeah, in the it, places that they happen
1: to be. It's very focused on th- like three core groups. Yeah, compared to
0: it. compared to the last series, where a lot of you know the uh, a lot of the in narrative news that we're getting, like uh, on on the Hollow news and stuff like that, is about what's happening around the galaxy. This planet is falling into insurrection or whatever. These planets are seceding from the galactic alliance. You know, we're talking more about what other people are doing. Not so much here. So I say, quote, Tasha Marks, galactic overview. Public distrust of the Jedi Order is growing at a rapid pace. Thanks to another set of public imposter syndrome freakouts and the constant political undermining of Chief of State Dalla. She has called in the Mandalorians as backup and as a show of force against the Jedi. Tahiri is arrested for treason as Dalla tears another strip of vengeance from the Order. Jedi quitting the Order, leaving robes and lightsabers at the door under its ever fracturing non-leadership. The Chief of State cares not. If the Imperials are antagonizing her battle against the Jedi, as Jagged Fell informs her, and after a public newscast embarrassment, Dallis sights are set on Jaina for her next round of revenge. Meanwhile, the Lost Tribe of the Sith move, finally, after thousands of years, from Kesh to the Maw, following ship in a vain effort of reclamation, which sees them deserted on an ancient alien planet, until rescue-slash-subjugation by the ancient and powerful Abaloth. She, Ship, and the Sith cross the Maw in search of Skywalkers. And these are the things that are moving in the Star Wars universe that we yeah. know about. I don't know,
1: anything to yeah. add, Tim? Um, Han and Leia are heading to the Hapes Cluster?
0: You know, it's funny... <laughs> 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 I, that should be in there. You, it's a good point. Uh, when I was going through the notes for this review, once again, to uh, let all of our listeners know, I handwrite about two pages per episode for each book that we do. So I have dozens and dozens of pages stacked up in binders so far. And as I was going to, through the 14 pages I have for this book, it has 28 chapters. Worked out perfectly. As I was skimming through the 14 pages, I realized halfway through the book is when the Jedi Council is like, hey, you guys should go do us a favor and talk to Tween. tween. (laughs) She's older now. (laughs) 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 To Queen Ka." And then it's not until the very end of the book that they've left. Yeah, they're
1: finally leaving. Right.
0: Complications arise. But it's funny. It's like that gets mentioned and then put totally on the back
1: burner. I'm glad you have notes because i i i personally as you can see in front of me um I, can. <laughs> I read the chapters the four chapters like hours before we record so it's all locked up in the memory it's
0: the best way to do it until you want to remember anything else
1: yeah for example i should start doing like like uh like what is that like cliff notes kinda? Yeah, you can just take
0: point form notes you don't yeah. have to do the detailed stuff like i do
1: yeah i said cliff notes i meant point but- form <laughs>
0: Yeah, just use the brand name. Yeah. That's like one time I called Todd when we were young teenagers. And I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm coming over. It was Saturday morning or something. He was like, I'm just eating breakfast. Let me finish my Lego, my ego, and I'll call you back. (laughs) I was like, wow, brand name. But anyways, taking notes is helpful for moments when you want to remember something like the name of a particular Mm Twi'lek who... I can't remember again, <laughs> but I want to call her Noara Venn again. She's not Lonely Plo. Okay. She is not Lumaya. <laughs> what name that Twyla? Actor. I can't. <laughs> Twyla. Ek. Forget the Galactico. I'm River. not looking it up again. We're going to jump right to the characters. Not including she who shall not be named from the last book. Okay. We'll start instead with Han and Leia solo featuring granddaughter slash daughter Alana. The solo parents, hypocrisy edition. Let's sum this up as quick as we can. Okay. They are called to the Jedi temple because somebody seems like they're getting better. They're there for four seconds and they convince Raynar Thal that he's better and he should leave responsible. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to. He's a mentally ill man who doesn't want to leave his care. They tell him, it's probably time.
1: Yeah, and he he's not even Cause, being cause, held there. He, his no, door is open. Totally he can not. leave whenever he wants.
0: But they're like, hey, you seem fine to us, so you should go. Yeah. They walk in there. They convince Reinhardt that he'll leave. They get attacked by feeling better, not Seth Helen, because they touch the guy, proving how smart they are. They walk into a closed cell with a caged animal who's Supposedly better. I just winked at Tim. Yes, you did. <laughs> but he's not. They're really smart. Han and Leia spy on Barvin keel waiting for more Jedi to go crazy. Sure enough, they do. They trank dart Barvin Yakil. And when they flip down and smash Jag's limo, GAS shows up. Han and Leia pull the old, yes, yeah, so we're just going to go get some paperwork inside. And they lock out the GAS. Uh, they shut the temple door because they're diplomats, baby. Han doesn't want Jaina to marry Jag, he thinks, early on in the book, because Jag will never put her first over his duty. She will always be second place. Supportive father. They're furious slash disappointed with Jaina, speaking of great supportive parents, for not telling them about the Mando secret that she finds out for maybe 12 hours maximum.
1: Yeah, yeah, we talked about that uh, in depth. But then they're mad at her for the rest of the book. Yep. Which
0: is definitely longer than 12 hours. Possibly. Want to know why? They get to be mad because they don't keep secrets. <laughs> also mad that Tahiri got arrested. Spitting hot chocolate everywhere. Yep. He sees it on the news. Han and Leia are mad about that. They can't really logically explain why to Alana when she asks them. Because Tahiri is arrested for treason. And she did it. Yeah. <laughs> but they're mad about it. Unfair. Our friend. We're
1: above the law, all that kind of jazz. Yeah, I'm not. Are are they actually mad or just more surprised in the moment? In the scene, they're mad. Okay. Because
0: Han is Han's Han's fuming, and yeah. and Leia is upset about it too. But they go they Alana. Remember, she Alana asked them like that series of questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. but like, did she do it? Well, but like, was it illegal? Okay, but. Why are we mad then? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, essentially, that the six year old talks him off the ledge. Exactly. But, you know, they're just mad. They're mad about everything. It's not, it's not going to be logical. They're not going to explain why. The Jedi Council asked these madmen, lady, mad. Mad people. Humans. Yes. 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 These mad people. Yes. The mad people. <laughs> but that's one word, maybe hyphenated. The Jedi Council asks these mad people to go ask Tenelka for a favor because she's definitely not mad at the world. They no, not yet. then help smuggle the crazy Jedi off of Coruscant before Dala can get her greasy little paws on them and freeze them up in a piece of metal. After battling Mandos and dodging the police, of course. Mm-hmm. With six-year-old Alana in the co-pilot
1: seat right next to her grandpa. Yeah. So she's criminal. She gets to hit the hyperdrive switch at the end. That was she cool.
0: Pushed it forward.
1: Yes. As
0: we learned is correct. Canon. Yes. Jesus Christ. Kevin. I don't know, buddy. No, but I, you know, of course, much as they must've done to their children, we're just going to, we have to endanger your life because we're not responsible people. We have to be heroes in this book. Alana is smarter than the grownups.
1: Hmm.
0: And I'm going to come back to that point a few times. Yeah. But here we see the child, you know, eventually like we uh, actually first, like we mentioned before talking to them about, Hey, why are you guys mad that you got arrested? That doesn't make sense. Weird that you're mad. Understands understand it's your friend, but she did all bad things. Then Alana says, Hey grandpa, why are you so mad at Jaina? And he says, cause she might, Things and Alana <laughs> says, Well, is she things? and he says, No, and she goes, Well, that's stupid. Yep, six year old smarter than the grown ups. She tells Han he's being dumb for being mad at Jaina, she's not wrong, but he doesn't care and he doesn't stop. These people, Han and in the, in this book, they are freaking movers, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, <laughs> we've said over the books, like they, uh. They kind of sweep into the background sometimes and end up more in, like, information-gathering territory. Yeah. Not so far in the series, right? We see in the first book, they go to Kessel, they save the mines. Uh, in the second book, pff, don't know. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. I currently don't remember it all. I don't know. Must have been fucking great, though. Uh, in this book, they're the ones who get a hold of Barvin and Nikhil when they go crazy. And they get their asses into the temple. They move them. Mm-hmm. They're in charge of moving a message from the Jedi Council to Tenel Ka. They end up moving info from Windorvin about the Mandos to the Jedi. And they move the crazy Jedi off
1: Coruscant. on movers, baby. Probably to the Hapen cluster, right?
0: Yeah. They're, well, specifically to Shidu Mod, where they hid out last series from Jason. Yes, that's I, I think that was the specific place that Leia said uh, they were gonna take all the crazy Jedi, because you know they probably already have most of an installation still there.
1: Yeah, right. They're present in this book series, which is nice.
0: Yeah, they are. Like you're right. There's sort of three groups, right? There's there's Han, Leia, Jaina, and the Jedi. Yeah, happening on Coruscant. There's the lost tribe of the Sith happening various places now, but for two thousand years. Exclusively on cash. Yep. And then there's the Luke and Ben, the Skywalker situation. Yes. So, yeah, there is, like, just three main threads.
1: Yeah, and they all have... Each individual one has, like, their outside, like, antagonist. It's, like, little compact sub-stories within a bigger story.
0: You're totally right. In this one, it's Dala. Yep. And for the Sith, it's the other Sith. Right? it's it's master Zol and and then it becomes ship and yeah. it becomes abaloth right and for Luke and Ben it's every weird person culture that they go to that challenges them to prove themselves
1: yeah and the challenges that come along with that yeah uh, which are are which are getting more intense <laughs> like
0: well you know last book was really strange when they were getting their faces licked by the armadillo people yeah snake tongue armadillo people
1: But there was no. Now that is a fucking snake rodeo. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) In in, in the last one, at the the snake people, the snake tongue people, the rock snake tongue people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) God, can you add more adjectives to it? Can you restart one more time? (laughs) Sorry,
1: what were you going to say about that? Um, There was no real conflict. Uh, Well, Luke and Ben had. With the with the flow walking thing?
0: Right. They had a little conflict between the two of them. There but, was a conflict between the elders of the Yangtze. Which Luke said, figure but, it out yourself. But really, yeah, <laughs> that one ended up just being like discovery mission.
1: Yeah. And then. But well, this one, this one's been fun.
0: But here, you're right. This is Han and Leia and Jaina on Coruscant versus Dala and the Galactic Alliance security. The gas. The gas. And in this book, they do a lot of moving. Han and Leia move a lot of things, a lot of people, a lot of information. They even battle, I kind of skimmed over that. They battle Mandos on skyscraper sidewalks. Yep. Jetpack Mandos on skyscraper sidewalks with cannons. It was a fuck it was a that was an exciting fight and it was very interesting and it was very fun. Yeah. And I liked almost all the things going on with Han and Leia's characters throughout the story other than this obtuse decision to be furious at Jaina. And we talked about it in that chapter episode of like, he just wants to get mad at everybody till they fucking die. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anakin, Jason, whatever, whatever. He's probably mad at the Nogri before they disappeared. I don't know where they're at. <laughs> I thought they came back. But there's a Sh- lot of movement. Show up in book
1: six of the series. <laughs>
0: A lot of movement of other people, but not a lot of change from them. No. And uh, for Alana's sake, having her tagged onto these characters, just get to see more of her being precocious, smarter than the adults, wise beyond her years, caring, kind, wise. I already said wise. Yeah. But it's just kind of more reinforcing in the same. She's only six years old. Mm-hmm. She's only going to feature so heavily. But having her as a counterweight to Han and Leia's irrationality. Yeah, like a
1: conscience in the background saying, what are you doing?
0: You know what would be great, though? A little commentary on how much Jason was exactly like this at her age. Yeah. But they probably wouldn't know.
1: Because they weren't there. Boom, roasted. And now all their family is dead. Does that give them one step up now? Because they're actually spending time with Alana, even though they're putting her in danger? Mm, We'll see. (laughs) So far, it's only been two years and 12
0: hours. (laughs) (laughs) But being mad at Jaina is super dumb. That's all I have to say. Yeah. I liked everything else about what these guys did. You know, them barging into the Jedi Council, not being allowed in there, having to trick their way in, whatever. Sitting down, having hot chocolate with Alana, watching the news. It's a tradition. Adorable. Han flying with Alana and their little repartee between the two of them. That's becoming more of a routine in their lives. Mm-hmm. All that is good.
1: Being mad at Jaina for keeping a secret for 12 hours. Absolutely stupid. And being and being mad at Jag too is also very dumb. Like And not su- not supporting that whole thing. That whole relationship thing.
0: Yeah, they're not being good parents.
1: Because what does he think? Does he think that Jaina's not going to be a Jedi first? I know, right? (laughs) Also, do you not, do you think she's
0: going to find a better person for her? Yeah, really? No, what you want is for her to be alone so that you don't ever have to worry about her having her heart broken. Mm -hmm. Because you're an irrational 70-year-old dad instead of being like a good, well-rounded character. But then again, in 2020 and in 2010, when these books are coming out, 70-year-old dudes, mostly like this on the page.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Fewer like what's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> more like assholes on the page. What was your favorite
1: moment of Han and Leia? Mine is probably it less to do with Leia and more with Han and Alana and... Mm-hmm. and how i guess alana and how she t- <laughs> and how she talks to them how yeah. how she just yeah she is the their their idiot meter
0: well and for she's so interesting being like the the princess she's a princess
1: right yeah and they have that conversation in this book too yeah which is interesting Be, uh, a princess being
0: raised by a princess yeah and the coolest part about that though is how <laughs> Is is how she's been raised all her life, treated like an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this tendency to treat children like children. Which, so to say, we treat them differently than we treat adults. We talk to them dif- differently. We have different expectations of them. But for her... That's not really been the case. No, she's been told more things than kids her age. You know what I mean? For safety and secrecy sake, whatever happens to be the case. She's experienced way more. Uh, She was flying around in their daddy's cockpit, blowing people up in the last book series. Okay. Being scared out of her mind of how evil and dark he was. She has never, ever been treated like a kid. And so to throw her, you're right into this situation to be, the foil for Han and Leia's <laughs> yeah, yeah. ignorance yep. is perfect. Because yeah. she is that precocious six year old who's like, I've always been taught to act like a logical adult. So what are you doing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's she's taking because she's not as emotionally invested in because she's so young in Jaina and Jag and the government, she yeah. can look at it from an outside perspective and be like but this, yeah. is, but th- this is wrong. But the fact say this. Yeah. yeah.
0: So your favorite moment of Han and Leia was Alana. <laughs> Mine was, did I say Han and Leia? I don't think so. My uh, favorite moment so. of Han and Leia was either yeah. Leia trashing jetpack Mandos, because that, that was a fun scene. They both almost died. Or Han spitting hot chocolate all over the place. <laughs> uh, I just That was great.
1: <laughs> that whole scene was
0: good. For some reason, just the visual of that. Got me. Just got me. On to our second character. 22 minutes in. Second of six. (laughs) Jaina Solo. The Sword of Secrets. And the Jedi. Get ready for this. The first time we see Jaina Solo, she is making out with Jag. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she's hearing state secrets, dodging police and reporters, and catching little spy droids in the back of Jag's limo. She's really busy in chapters five and six, eh? (laughs) And then she vanishes until chapter 13. Now, maybe that's a little bit nitpicky to not ever do this (laughs) for other characters. You know, I never, we always, I always hammer this for Jaina. Why is she not in the book more? Where is she more often? Why is she only in four or five chapters out of 28? Yeah. When she is one half of the twins who were born to save the galaxy. Yeah, she's She she's a, as she's Jason's equal in so many ways except for page time. Yeah. And so she's in chapters 5 and 6 making out with her fucking boyfriend and evading police. And then she pops back in chapter 13 when her parents come into her room to get mad at her about Mando's right after she finds out that there's Imperial tech in Javis Tear's spy drug. In comes Jag make out chapter 19. She's back again to spearhead a Jedi master filled frozen horns visit. She teams up with Javis tear to embarrass Dala on live TV good move, and earns herself uh, about as direct of a threat as you're going to get on live TV from the president of the galaxy. But that's alright. Because in the end, in the epilogue, despite all the mess on politics on the TV, Jag says he loves her more than the Empire. So, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's great for her character. Weird for Jag,
1: yeah yeah a little off script but that's character growth
0: he's never been in (laughs) i'm doing this
1: weird thing yeah weird i don't know (laughs) dancing across from me over here he's
0: never been in an intimate serious relationship though before no where he uh, i'm assuming where he would grow to love somebody enough to change his priorities And that's why at the beginning of the book we get Han Solo pointedly saying, I don't like it because of this reason. And then by the end of this book, the secrets they share, the trouble that they share, and then the consequences that they're about to share. He comes to a point of saying, I can't care about the politics anymore because I love you too much. So no matter what, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. Which, as we were reading through it, kind of struck more hollow because they're not really having intimate conversations that often. No. About their relationship or how they feel about each other. They had spent some time sharing secrets, right? But other than that, they're like making out like fucking teenagers at high school.
1: Yeah, the rest These of are their... thirty year olds yeah. for God's sake. The rest of their conversations—it's it's all political talk and as it what's would going on. be. Yeah. Well, he yeah. is.
0: He is the president of the empire, and she is a very VIP Jedi. Yes, but less making out, more emotional connection. This rings truer at the end when mm. they're cuddling on the couch and he's like, "I don't care cuz I love you."
1: Yeah. Yeah, cuz he's he shuts off the news. He's he's like, "I don't get me updates about this crap anymore." Well,
0: and what it is is the whole thing popping up about their conversation in the back of the limo talking about mandos. Yeah. Him telling a Jedi Secrets against the G.A. and Dalla. Whole shitstorm is about to explode after Dalla already claimed upcoming vengeance on Jaina anyways.
1: Yeah, and I, that's going to get other people because Dalla's going to look into how did Jag find out this information.
0: Right, so when Dorvin's fucking dead, him and his little pocket hamster are toast. Yeah, yeah him and pocket Unless going he down. He makes his way off to Shidu Mod too, Uh beyond her reach. I don't know. But Jaina, as she always does, making enemies everywhere she goes. Because mm-hmm. you know what? She is stickly prickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to bring that fucking phrase back. Episode one. Woo! That's new! This is a little R2-D2 for you. That's probably sorry
1: about your ears. I'm but yeah, everywhere
0: me. she goes, everything she does. She does the right things often in the wrong ways. Yep. And it gains her enemies. You know, enemies that maybe she won't hesitate to use at a moment's notice. Like she did with Javis Teer, who she hated for 700 pages up until she had the chance to use him to her benefit. Yeah. Hated what he did. Thought he was scum for the news reporting that he does. And then like, hey, I could use that though to my benefit. Anyways. Long story short about Jaina. There she goes. That was it. She was in. Chapters 5 and 6, 13, 19, epilogue. Yep. Took six minutes to talk about what she did in this book.
1: Well, yeah. It took about that long to read it, dude. And
0: like I said, I made more of a note about it. I just bit my lip almost. Oh, whew, deadly. Deadly yeah. for podcasting. Yeah. Um, I didn't like how many of her scenes had to, fe- had to feature her and Jag's affection. Yeah. Compared to how little she's used doing other things.
1: Doing Jedi stuff. The only other thing she does
0: is take apart that spy droid Mm -hmm. and lead the fake break in to the prison where they find the horns on display and then embarrass Dala on live TV as per the plan. Yep. That's it? And then like for real three times you're going to just, you're going to say she's making out with her boyfriend? That yeah, sucks it does that just that sucks as a way to use your f- female character, your most maybe not <laughs> your maybe second most powerful female character that you have in the series
1: yeah what one of our favorite characters from both series
0: because she's the same as Jason, and he's amazing, so is she, yeah, that's not what makes her amazing. All the things that made him amazing are the same in her that make her amazing, right? She yeah. just has a different twist on them. Different attitude about things. Yep. She's fucking incredible. But underutilized. Just barely got that word. <laughs> <laughs> underutilized in these books time and time again. And maybe it is, like we've said so many times, the uh, the patriarchy, goddammit. The, the uh, misogyny inherent in a largely male heavy group of writers. Yeah. Just in the science whole genre fiction itself. and star and star Wars
1: also. Yeah.
0: You know, come to say that I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. But user more user better. Yeah. It's fine if they're going to be making out, but also have more of those emotional connection conversations. Like they had one in the limo. Maybe. Right? Uh yeah. Where she was like, oh, but th- it wasn't it was mostly unsaid. It was her being like, Oh yeah. I'm sorta of mad that he doesn't trust me, but he shouldn't trust me because I betrayed him back with the and, and she's like thinking all this shit to herself. Yeah. Not saying out loud to him, I underst oh, maybe she was. Maybe I'm misremembering. But either way, more moments like that, less making out and being absent.
1: <laughs> yeah. And okay. may- maybe now With Jag saying that at the end in the epilogue, maybe they'll have more of that kind of. Well, I think they're going to
0: become, the two of them are become more of a focus in the story for sure because of all the consequences that they have laid out in front of them in the short term, anyways. Like that's (laughs) Jag betraying the Galactic Alliance, someone betraying that information to Jag, and all of them embarrassing Dala on live tv immediate consequences to be suffered what was your favorite moment of jaina solo
1: well <laughs> the embarrassing of Dala. that whole that whole section of the book i loved it it was good i liked yeah. how how they wrote it i liked how they had the horns in there they tricked and how, me like, yeah. that
0: was meant to be, like, a subterfuge type of thing. Yeah, like, like, it read like a breakout. Line. Yeah, exactly. And, and they want in text. The Jedi wanted the guards to think that it was something more than it was or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Say, just like he, they want the reader to feel that way. And it was awesome. It worked perfectly. Yeah. It was so good. And Jaina was badass. And so was Mirax.
1: Yes. slug that giant dude. And, out. and her in the writing of of all the the emotions on their on their faces and how they reacted and
0: to the heinous displaying of 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 their children of their prizes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, putting them on display like treasure, the two horn children. Uh, I think my favorite Jaina moment was uh, that one sentence she said. (laughs) (laughs) She said she used to be real sad about Jason. She said that for one sentence. Okay. Explore that. More of that. More of those moments. Less makeouts. Because I don't care about Jaina and Jag making out behind the temple when Han and Leia come intrude to the scene with the imposter Jedi, right? Yeah, yeah. They can be standing there having an emotionally important conversation about their relationship about him with the ga and the empire about her with her sadness of murdering her brother yeah don't have to be teenagers stealing a kiss every chance you're on the screen
1: and and even if it just just take the the kiss out of it even if they were just standing there you can infer other things from it. it's
0: a romantic moment for sure because they're in private yeah, and I don't care that it's explicit. Like, oh, the two of them were kissing each other. That's who fucking cares? That ain't yeah. shit. But just, it doesn't have to be a meaningless moment yes. that's getting interrupted. Yeah. When you're, uh, when you're underutilizing this character, that's the caveat, right? Yeah. Is that that's the point? She's not having enough moments to have so many meaningless moments in the text. She's just not having enough moments overall.
1: Yeah, it makes her overall her overall involvement just meaningless.
0: Makes us want her more, but we never get her. Case in point: the Jaina trilogy canceled after this book series. Yep. We never get her. We always want more. We never get it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that came through on the mic.
1: Next character. We love Jaina, in case anyone can't tell.
0: I just do. How would you not?
1: Yeah, she's great. She's
0: amazing in the NJO, and the Killix. <sighs> she's just great. Speaking of great, our next character, Vastara Kai. Yep. The wokest lost Sith. She is special. Something that is brilliant riveted hammered home a hundred thousand fifty times in a row on the outside of a boat as loud as it possibly can be throughout this book she is the specialist of the special lost sith i don't know why i'm saying they're special overall they're probably not really she is very special she's the only sith whom ship will speak to and so the lost tribe are stuck following her vibe All the way into the Maw, where a needy tentacle feeling takes over everyone on the Sith Battlecruiser. The 16-year-old de facto leader. Mm -hmm. She's special. She's got divine senses. You know? Like, we're talking so many times throughout the course of this book about how... Bibleistic, Christian, how... um, how wh- what's the word for gods and stuff? <laughs> how mythological a lot of the, a lot of the phrasing and descriptors are and throughout this, throughout this book, especially, right? Yeah. Like we'll get to, but Vistara is special. You know, she's the only one that can sense ship. She's the only one with the direct connection to God. You know, this ship comes into their lives and ends two thousand years of being stranded. Yep. This she's the only one with a connection to this very special ship. By proxy, very, very special. Leading this group of Sith to reclaim and recapture this ship.
1: Who are actually somewhat special because they can live together as a society and not kill each other yes. endlessly.
0: And they make art.
1: Yes, they do. Special.
0: (laughs) But she is the chosen one among them. And that's not to be forgotten. And that is not accidental, right? No. We are shown that and told that so many times. They follow ship to some mysterious planet where most of the crew is killed by the plants over the course of a few days (laughs) until the Sith reach a cave in a volcano with a magic woman inside. Her name is Abeloth, and by golly, she's going to protect Vestara's tribe. Until they can all find ship and escape together. Yeah, no worries. Only, of course, that's not true. As Vestara, the special Sith, discovers while saving her master from being drowned by river plants. Vestara surfaces to see Abeloth in her true form. Not magic cave savior, but dark needy tentacle lady.
1: Yeah, I looked up a picture last week or the week before and kind of hot. And but, but also hot. horrifying.
0: <laughs> it's like
1: it's like Halloween hot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like if I know that's not real. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I even talking? About? I don't know. This, anyways. Only she can see Abeloth in her true form. Everyone else sees the honey-colored haired Lady.
1: Yeah, the whole rose-colored which glasses will, which will, deal.
0: Yeah, everybody else is under her glamour, right? Mm-hmm. As, as Stephen King would say in the Dark Tower series. They're all under her bewitchment. Nobody else can see through this illusion, this yep. illusory presentation, but Vastar can, because she's special. She is the chosen one. <laughs> I'm going
1: to say it again. Yeah, She is so special that she chooses to slap her master
0: that's my next point here's how special she is she's not killed (laughs) when she slaps
1: her master you
0: got it yeah or when throwing grenades at skywalkers later or when lightsaber dueling with grandmaster luke skywalker not dead any of those times s-p-e-c-i-a-l Yeah, he kills everyone else she lives although she was almost captured yep Ultimately, she escaped Sinkhole Station. Vistara leads the Sith to the strange planet with Abeloth. Abeloth kills most of them and then essentially takes them hostage. Says, we're going to take ship now and go find Skywalkers at Sinkhole Station. And then Vistara throws a salute to Luke Skywalker and escapes. And look at our very special Sith. Being chosen, being brave, being super talented, and essentially being the leader of her tribe. Yeah. Because if they all think ship is their, not savior, but their-
1: Like deliverance?
0: Their their tool of deliverance, then what is she, the only connection to that thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. She escapes single Station, but- where did she escape to? That's unclear about at the end of the book.
1: Yeah. Just... Did she
0: escape back to Ship and abaloth whom Ben was firing at? Oh, yeah. Because Ship brings Abeloth and the Sith. The Sith get off and attack. A number of them do anyways, however many there were. Uh, left on Ship, I don't know. But Abeloth, not mentioned no. as coming off the ship or being sensed or anything like that not mentioned was she but she was on ship yeah when they left that mystery planet so where did Vistara escape to back to ship in abeloth or steal another ship and bounce on her own as was their you know secret plan
1: maybe behind she'll, she'll go hang out beyond shadows for a while
0: hmm maybe she will what was your favorite moment
1: of Vestara. Wow. Uh, sh- she had a lot of good standout
0: moments. Yeah. Look at how well these female characters can shine <laughs> given the pages.
1: Yeah, give them some writing. And, and they are. I actually, the whole slapping moment
0: <laughs>
1: where she is like, no, I have to save risk my life. Yeah, risk my save life. my life. Yeah, or, and save kind of her family. Uh, her people. Her people, yeah. Her tribe. She, like, she is their leader. Yeah. She, At this point on that planet, yeah. The most does that, powerful person that she is with, that she knows on a normal day would kill her for that. Yep. She goes and just wake up. And Slaps her it, across the it's face. It's a power move, and I love it. Tells her
0: she's being stupid and explains how.
1: Yeah, it's and a power move. I love she it. She survives that.
0: Yeah, that was on my list too. But also, God, just the, the scene of, well, several scenes of her being like funny. Like in a in a dour sort of way. Okay. Like, like the time on the beach where she's like, he's going to try to kill me because he ain't looking at my naked butt. Like, <laughs> yeah, That was funny. I don't know if it's intentional or not. She had some funny moments oh, other otherwise that I can't remember also, but I, I really liked the salute. The to hat Luke tip Skywalker at the Skywalker yeah. after nearly
1: killing him. Yeah, that was number two on my list.
0: Yeah. She's you well that you had my number one and number two. We have the same two in the same <laughs> order, bro. Yeah, when she just you know, watches Luke Skywalker cut her master to bits jumps away tip of the cap tip of the
1: lightsaber she gone and she turns around and walks away so mysterious yeah so cool it's another one of those like power moves you know that this guy could cut you to pieces Mm -hmm. but you're still like that was a good one see ya (laughs) gotta go
0: (laughs) our next character making her debut in the review episodes Abeloth. Who is this, and what do we know? We first encounter her in this book, in chapter two, as a dark, needy tentacle from two-year-old Ben's memory at shelter, which Luke dismisses mm-hmm. as child fear, unbelievable. Yeah, you stupid child. Why did I even ask you this question? She first appears in chapter two in Luke's Luke's. Demanded memory of Ben's two-year-old self. Uh-huh. I just spoke, yeah, but I fucking got background. She's the dark, needy tentacle when he was two years old, scaring the shit out of him and scaring him away from the Force for years. The next time we see her is Ben riding her into the maw, a la Snake Rodeo, mm-hmm. when she tries to grab him when they're just outside.
1: Yeah, and he follows that feeling.
0: Which, P.S., she totally let him in, right? She let him for sure. He wasn't like okay. Her reaching out to him <laughs> and then him holding on and being pulled through the the whatever the path into the maw or yeah. in between those two black holes on the outside of the maw. She pulled them in on purpose, right? Oh yeah. Like I understand at the beginning she was trying to pull him in on purpose, but he pulled back and then he I don't know, I'm picturing it like a snake tries to bite you and it misses and it starts to slither away and you try to grab its tail but what if that snake is just bringing you to its den yeah you think you're grabbing it and holding on and you think you're winning
1: that, right
0: but what if she's letting you win to get you where she wants you Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know he's the one that got away
0: oh he's special
1: yeah. I didn't even think of that like that.
0: He how many people have ever Allah I'm saying Allah twice now. Mm-hmm. Allah third time four times. Jason Solo being told no on the phone. How many times has Abelof been denied by a by a by a living presence?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Especially one as impressionable as when he said no when he was two years old. Two years old.
0: How many two-year-olds have said no to her? Those are the first two times we see her. In Chapter 8, she gets a hold of the whole Sith crew of the Eternal Crusader. Also, sometime earlier, got control of Ship, obviously. Because in Book 2, we see Ship is on Kesh, Mm-hmm. helping... Um, helping this, the lost tribe of the Sith gather their pirate fleet that they're stealing from, uh, anyone they can passing ships or whatever. Yeah. And at some point, I mean, it's at the end of book two ship leaves and Vistar is like, Oh my God. And they're like, we got to
1: go. Yeah. Get Luke touches that power beacon thing. Right. And then that I think sets off some sort of thing in Abalos' mind in her. Yeah. Right. And she's like, Whoa. And projects her power. Right. So that's how badly
0: she wants Luke Skywalker or that amplified presence that she felt. Yeah. She immediately reaches out and gets control of ship, brings him to her.
1: That amplified presence. Maybe she feels it as that is my equal. That is my opposite.
0: So not only does she get control of ship, she takes control of this entire other ship full of Sith instantly because maybe because they're so attuned to the dark side or something because when Vistara feels this presence that we later come to find out is Abeloth she describes her as more ancient and alien than ship powerful beyond comprehension yes but this is all indirect observations of Abeloth Mm -hmm. This is all before we even know her name.
1: Yeah, feelings and conjecture.
0: How she feels in the force. Yeah. Luke and Ben feel her in the purple mind walking light over on St. Cole Station around the same time. Luke says, ancient, powerful, and then throws in familiar. Which, to be honest, scares the hell out of me. Yeah. But. Between Vistara and Luke, she's definitely ancient and powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the two common denominators, right? Meanwhile, while he's feeling her through the mind walkers, and she is taking control of the Sith, when they land on her planet, she's also... Controlling all the plants to kill the Sith? Or at least, at the very least, taking some control to stop already sentient plants from killing certain people? Yes. One or the other. She's exercising some sort of force, capital F, of will. Probably capital W in this fucking book. Yeah. (laughs) TM. She's exercising some sort of force over the plants, one way or the other. While... All these other, I don't know, uh, iterations of her presence are being felt at the same time. Ancient and
1: powerful. You know, I I just drew the the parallel between her and Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah? What parallel? Like, he has... He is so far reaching because he traveled around, right? That he, he's taking over all these planets Mm -hmm. and that planet is, is him. Right. So maybe she's not, she's saying, Hey, this person, eh, I want them to need me. Kill this person. And that person to all the plants, right? Because she just is, she just controls them. Maybe it is her,
0: but she's doing all of this at the same time as for example, appearing to Luke. In brown bubble water, beyond shadows, yeah, uh, appearing to them on the in the lake of apparitions as a silvery lady out in the mist, she is omnipresent. Yes, in a to a certain degree, because a lot of these things. Okay, it's hard to know because the dude is beyond time, when mm-hmm. he's tripping balls out there beyond shadows, but a lot of these things seem to be happening. At least narratively, I get that impression. They're happening temporally, relatively close together. Yeah, they're all happening
1: like yeah at the same time. And and she's I think she's kind of omnipresent, but not not like all knowing, not omnipotent. No, but her
0: presence is so vast. Yeah, and all of this before appearing in person mm-hmm. an attractive svelte woman gray eyes shoulder-length honey-colored hair this is Avaloth. a swirling halo of force energy this is Avaloth. something tall and vaguely human mouth so broad it reached from ear to ear Hands had writhing tentacles so long that they hung past her knees. This is Avaloth. So what is she truly, Tim?
1: Well, the (laughs) word uh, celestial has been brought up a couple of times in these books.
0: And it is a nice analog or a nice, I don't know, matchup. To a lot of the terminology used in this book, right mm-hmm. like when Vistar describes her as the 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 f- ghost force halo of force energy, yeah, that we talked about has very much the vibe of Michael appearing to Mary, and you can't look upon my form, so I will appear to you in a form that doesn't scramble your eggs, yeah, right
1: gods and angels and uh i wish i could remember specifically the other words i've been trying to think of it since you mentioned it yeah 15 minutes ago
0: i might Ooh, i might have to think about that one for a second but what okay let's take that for granted your guess she is a celestial the fuck is that dude yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know what i mean that answer is not even an answer really it's a title yeah but it requires an essay
1: Cause yeah. I don't know what that is. No. And, and it goes back to the, uh, like the, the theological. That
0: was the fucking <laughs> word I wanted more than mythology. Yes. Tim. <laughs> yes. Okay. Take yeah. me back. Th- that the goes logical.
1: It goes back to the theologicalness of it. Where. <laughs> <laughs> Celestial. It's a, an angel, a God. Exactly. It's yeah. right in
0: that same lexicon.
1: Yep. Right. It's in the same. It's, Oh, I like that word what
0: the too. What fuck was the other word though? That was used so specifically in the text, that stood out so much. You know, another one. Jason describes his afterlife as damnation. Yes, that's not like we said. That's not a word that's said in Star Wars. Does damn even exist <laughs> in Star Wars, or is it all kriffin, frack, and uh, uh,
1: lubed? Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my know, favorites. Now in this,
0: <laughs> now in this book, and in the series. Celestial has been brought up a bunch of times, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck that means. She's being called things that I can't remember shit that I know are so specifically in my notes, but a word that was yeah. very specifically theologically related. Yes. All of this talk, big, big ideas, but we don't
1: get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause it's, it's, we talked about this in other, in other episodes that it is, this is not star Wars. Exactly. Like it's not in that line.
0: We don't know what it is (laughs) because this is unfamiliar territory. Yeah. This is a star Wars story that is unlike many, many of the others that I've read. In fact, any of the others that I've read. And this is why, you know, we were excited to do the first series of books that we both read. Jason solo, is amazing, mm-hmm. fantastic story. But this is the secret reason why I was so excited to do this because it's so weird, dude. Yeah, it is so not your standard Star Wars fare.
1: Yeah, we've talked about everything from Celestials to different like quantum f- mechanics and temporal. Yes, stuff. exactly.
0: Like the Yangtze are, are 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 talking about space physics. And the... Uh, who the hell are these people again? Oh, the mind walkers are talking about time physics, right? Yeah. And, interesting. What were the first people talking about? Lightning physics?
1: Yeah. The, elemental the, physics? The lightning rod we'll, technique. We'll thing. call
0: it elemental physics. All right. I don't know. this from this bullshit. But what was that word that he used to describe Avaloth? I don't know. But we do know that she... Is, in, is responsible for all of this crazy imposter syndrome Jedi stuff going on.
1: Yeah, we've been able to gather that for sure.
0: Rondi tells Ben, all your Jedi aren't going crazy, they're returning home to this tentacle feeling, to this place, to the Ma, to this presence. We also know that she wants...
1: The Skywalker's real bad, really bad, real bad. Because she's saying capture them, and and they'll be your prizes to get you all promotions when we get back. Yeah, you'll get shipped. That is not her
0: plan. No, no way. But why? Who is she? And a question we haven't really asked yet: Where is she from? Uh, And
1: what? What is she? she
0: And what was that word?
1: I don't know. We're gonna to have to go back. We're gonna to have to write it down. Just a chicken frickin' painted on your walls. What was your favorite moment? Oh boy, of Avaloth. Um, mine, I think is is more less a moment and more of the overall feeling she gives to every single scene she's in. Right. Just the not depressing, but dread? Yeah. Um, and trepidation that she gives to every She makes single everybody scene.
0: fearful, anxious. Like she is she is horrible. Horrible? <laughs> 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 that word was horrible. Horrifying, she horrible. Horrifying, and horrifying.
1: Horrifyingly horrible.
0: Ooh, my favorite part of Abeloth. Might literally be that first sentence of that chapter 12, 14. That it did this first sentence that just says her name was Abeloth. Cause I got so many <laughs> chills. My nipples got hard. I've been waiting so long for that. I knew who she was all the time. I knew what they were referencing with the, the ma themed uh, uh, restaurant in the last book series. I knew it, Tim. And now we know her
1: name. Yeah. That was, that was a good, uh, a good name reveal. That was, that was an excellent, even just the one sentence, excellent little bit of writing. Yeah.
0: It's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic line.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, it reminds me again to, to mention again, Stephen King, dark tower series. That the first line of the gunslinger, which is the man in, uh, I'm going to probably butcher it. The man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed something like that. Simple, concise. I don't know. Just, I got chills just saying that and I probably fucking said it wrong.
1: And just (laughs) full of just imagery. It's, it's so
0: full, just full, just full. You know, her name was Avaloth. Different, but just been waiting for that. I've been anticipating her being named and this ramping up for almost two years.
1: Yeah. And then I get to read, her name was
0: Avaloth. And I'm like, oh God, yes
1: it (laughs) was. Yeah, it's it's a sentence and a reveal that's just so... I want to think of a better word or something more than just "full," but the the words are escaping it's me just, because it just is. It's just full, baby. Yeah, it's just good.
0: Our next character, number five on the list, Ben Skywalker. Finally, some privacy version. <laughs> ben and Luke actually spend some time apart in this book, so let's split them up. Mm -hmm. For the first time this series in our character uh, full book review. Ben ignores his father's dismissive attitude about tentacle memories and takes a lot of control in this book. He flies the shadow through the black hole snake rodeo. He finds the writhing mass of flow walkers and feels Abeloth before Luke does. After all this leadership, of course, Luke orders him to stay Behind, mm-hmm. Not beyond shadows, if you will. So he heads to the shadow. Jade. Shadow. And starts feeding hungry mind walkers. As you do. Mm-hmm. Up until he figures out that they're trying to fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to keep him dad. there. <laughs> they're not eating because they're hungry. They're eating because they want you to starve to death. Then this turns into paranoia, which pushes him into this manic anger. And then his desperation... Leads him to, of course, disobeying orders. Responsibly, though. With two hostages as a (laughs) failsafe. As any good Jedi would do. Beyond shadows, things get weird. Speaking with Anakin Solo, Mara Jade and Jason Solo, Grant's Ben with three pieces of advice. That I'm going to try to break down as fundamentally as possible. All right. Anakin Skywalker. No. Anakin Solo tells him. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't want to see that conversation. Anakin Solo tells Ben to be your own light. Don't try to be the life that sustains others. Simply make your light shine. Yada, yada. Mm Mm-hmm. The advice from his mom is that Mara Jade tells him the ends never justify the means. Never do the right thing the wrong way because here I am in the afterlife telling you I'm tortured about it. Yep. Tough to disregard that advice. And the third piece of advice he gets is from Jason Solo. After telling him he's a criffing slimo. Ben says, I forgive you. And Jason genuinely responds by telling him, good. I'm glad you're not going to carry that through life with you. Yeah. He learns that forgiveness is for yourself. Yeah. I don't know how these three heavy handed pieces of advice are going to reflect themselves through the story moving forward. But they were so pointed. Mm hmm that I wanted to really make a note of them, you know? Your, and, your, your dead cousin who sacrificed himself to save everybody says, hey, don't do that. Yeah. That's what I did, and look how many other people burnt out after my light went out. Yep. Mara Jade, his spy slash assassin mother, says, I did a lot of right things the wrong way. Oh, it's, um, it's terrible in here. And his cousin comes and says, damnation, and you'll feel better for having forgiven me.
1: I'm damned, but that's for you, bro. That that whole scene that just got me now is, it's almost like the descending circles of hell. Right. As you get closer to yeah. that forest where, don't go there, that's where that lady is. In that mist, right. Yeah.
0: Where Anakin Solo at the, uh, is the first one they run into. He's the purest. Yep. He's the least corrupted or least sinned. Yeah, I I
1: just just I,
0: that whoop. didn't occur to me either. But that's a, a a pretty obvious reason for why they're in that order.
1: In that order, and where at because the end it be would be more Abel. emotionally impactful
0: to talk to Marjade last, right? But if we're doing this, if we're doing this theme mm-hmm. of this theology stuff, and it's steps towards hell, we go from Anakin having a decent time. Just sad about Tahiri. Yep. Tamara being self-tortured about the things that she, the evil things that she did in her life Mm -hmm. to Jason being fully damned for all the purposeful evil things that he did. Right. You're right. It's, it's stages of guilt. Yeah. Not, not in an emotional way, in a uh, judgmental way. Yes. (laughs) It's, it's it's stages of evil. And then, what's past Jason, where he goes, you've got all the time in the world, go see the devil.
1: Yeah, that's where, that's where Avaloth would be. So
0: is that what Celestials are going to be? The devil and God? A Holy Trinity? Is it going to be a pantheon of things? Is it going to, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> What is a Celestial? Anyways, back to Ben Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> Forgiveness is for you, bro. So he learns these three, or he gets these three heavy pieces of advice from maybe the three most important people in his life who aren't still living. Other, you know, his dad would be maybe the only other important person he ever cared about. Yeah, he, he never knew Anakin. Yeah, but he, so, but he
1: got a super. Uh, so I was gonna say he got a really good piece of advice for living his life from someone he had never met. He'd only seen in pictures.
0: Yeah, a a person who died a martyr. Mm -hmm. And it's probably often used as an example of sacrificing yourself for the greater good, but him saying probably don't do that. Just be the good. Yeah. Don't sacrifice yourself. Just keep being light. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Ow. Anyways, back to reality and back to Ben being in charge when they return from beyond shadows. Cause Luke is so weak. He's been he's been gone for weeks. arrived I rhymed. This is the same word. Ben says Center point, set the tentacle lady loose, because he's smart like us. He and you. hmm And then when the Sith attack, Ben kills a few. And he leads Dad in prisoner for a little bit. Yeah. Before ultimately splitting up and then saving his dad by firing on ship just in time to
1: blind the bad lady and save his daddy from a choppins. Yeah. Which it distract. I think it partially distracts them by them going, no, <laughs> right. <laughs> we want that thing. And I don't know. I just, Ben goes from being
0: leadership, leadership, and then being forced into a, you know, more of a subjugated uh, secondary role by his dad, and then to leadership, leadership, right? Mm-hmm. He takes charge <laughs> once he realizes these people are trying to kill me, and, and my dad's gonna die soon. He takes charge of everything. Yep, they come back from Beyond Shadows, Luke's too weak to do anything. He's pulling his dad and a prisoner down the hallway while escaping from Sith that are fi- like he. Being separate from his dad, he is way more badass. Yeah, and I say separate in that moment because Luke is
1: not so much. And he's compared available. compared to the last series, he has learned when to follow orders, mm. and when not to.
0: Mm. That is a a wonderful observation.
1: Thank you.
0: Because, you know, to teleport back in time to the last series. He was, uh... He was Jason's Goomba. Yeah. And he did whatever Jason told him to do. And it went badly. And now here he is. You know, also, it's your dad. Yeah. You know? You have more of that, I don't know, space to rebel than you do against Jason and the Galactic Alliance military. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who, Who, by the way, fucking kills people when they tell him no on the phone.
1: Yeah. Like, he... Okay, I'll go back to the ship, but I he decides, yeah. okay, I'm not leaving you here. Yeah, he's,
0: he, he makes the right decisions, he takes charge, and he gets all his shit done. This kid, he faced some rage, some confusion, some fears about the past, some advice from his dead relatives, a Sith attack. And he saved Luke all throughout, and did it all while connecting the tel- tentacle dots. Mm-hmm. He did all that brain work, connecting those dots. He was, like, he was the one who was like, ooh, I feel... Something from my memory. Ooh, it's the same as the thing that's here. Ooh. Tick, tick, tick. Tick, tick, tick. Like, this is what's happening. This is what Ronnie told This is what's happening with the Jedi. And then at the end of the book, right, he's like, is this the reason why Jason went dark? Is this the reason why all the Jedi are going crazy? Is this the reason why this, 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 this?
1: Yeah. Detective Ben, Smart kid. But he's
0: carrying the team throughout this book. Mm-hmm. When, you know, Luke stars and shines when he goes off to do his own thing, because that is beyond anything you've ever seen in a Star Wars book, Mm -hmm. once again, but man, oh man, does this kid, he is such a leader. Yeah. He's such a confident, I don't know, he's awesome. Ben is awesome. And true hero status, okay? Or true true Jedi if this is the Lego Lego game. He got he got enough studs for true Jedi status in this book. Lots of kids saving adults. Yep. I said we'd get back to that and we'll get back to it now. We've got of course Alana and Han. Alana being like, hey, you guys are wrong. I'm right. The child is right. The adults are wrong. Vistara slapping the shit out of her master, waking her up from this. This mind fuck, Chris Angel. Child tells the grown up, you're doing the wrong thing. Ben Skywalker and Luke, he's the one putting all the information together. He is the one saving his dad, saving everything, right? Because this is the last stop on the Jason Express. And so learning all the information that they've learned up to this point and finishing now is to be used to exonerate Luke Skywalker. Yeah. He saves all that by saving them. Mm -hmm. And there's several times where he doesn't tell his dad, his dad is wrong, but Luke is being the wrong adult. Yep. Whether it's dismissing Ben's memory or not answering his question at the end of the book. We'll talk about that later. Or, you know, going beyond shadows and telling him to stay behind. All this stuff, Ben is like, I know this is not right. I am going to defy the adult to do the right thing. Yeah. Just keeps popping up. But Ben had a a fantastic story in this book, you know? He... Oh, just reawakening back into the later version of himself from the
1: last series. Yeah, the more emotionally mature. Yes. Just that. Didn't
0: laugh at any of the aliens that were floating in the purple light. No. No. You know, back to leadership. Back to back to smart decisions. Back
1: to logic and and problem solving. Yeah, not letting his emotions and his his teenager like yeah. Control him. Like when he's getting all paranoid and freaking out, he doesn't like Freak out and freeze. He right. gets himself through it. That's that kind a, of stuff. Yeah.
0: yeah, where he is mature and capable. Yeah.
1: Instead of not, kind of, kind of lacking some of that in the last books. Yeah, this, the first book especially when they go to the Barrendo.
0: I just can't believe. I can't believe him laughing at an at an alien. That is so out of character and so obnoxious to write. And it's so character. out of.
1: St- Star wars yeah <laughs> like they're surrounded by aliens
0: all the time maybe the sith might have a little chuckle because they've been stranded on one planet for 2000 years yeah with two different
1: races that's it but... <laughs> exactly
0: in this book though what was your favorite moment for ben skywalker
1: i i liked him when he finally decides to go beyond shadow and mm-hmm. he takes his hostages. Right. I I it welds went,
0: the one dude into a room went, and bombs, bombs the, door.
1: the door and and cuffs her and mag locks her to the the, to floor. the floor. I liked it. It wasn't Jedi, but it was. Mara. What am I going to do? This is the best solution I have in the moment. Yeah,
0: it was utilitarian. Yeah, it was. It was mobilization, man. Yeah, he was like, I'm gonna do whatever I got to do to get things done. Now. Flash forward to my favorite moment, the Lake of Apparitions, mm-hmm. where, you know, he's in kind of an awe of Anakin. He gets that closure with his mom, which is like so sweet. And he gets to tell Jason off and forgive
1: him. Yeah,
0: that's we said at the time. It's like a lot of nice wrapping up of those emotional loose ends. But back to your point. The advice that he gets in the Lake of Apparitions, and he comes back and he's like, what have I done to these people? Yeah. And then the dude that he locks in the room ends up getting killed. And the girl that he handcuffs to the floor ends up getting killed because they were stuck in proximity to Luke and Ben.
1: Yeah. He... The Sith
0: didn't come for for Rondy and Robbie, whatever his fucking name yeah. was. You know? The Sith came for them. Luke got the... Or, sorry, Ben got the two of them killed. By overzealously going a little bit beyond, you know, uh, rational behavior ends don't justify the means.
1: Yeah. He did exactly what Mara minutes, years, days, however (laughs) long it was later that Mara told him, Hey, you shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff.
0: Exactly what she warned him against. Yeah. And I wonder, I don't know, you know, he's had, he's had. A lot of blood on his hands already. I just wonder if that scene with these two getting killed directly because he took them prisoner. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder.
1: Yeah, because he got to see the immediate repercussions. Of yeah, the red light
0: that. through the back of her head.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. He's talking to. <laughs> I'm <her. laughs> talking
0: to her, and the back of her head turns into a red circle.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so he got to see those immediate repercussions. I just which wonder was
0: great. if that emotional damage or potential baggage to deal with is going to be carried forward at all. Yeah, cuz you know who else hasn't been brought up? Any of the other people that he's killed along the way. The dude that he killed on his first mission with the GAG when he shot a guy that didn't have a weapon. The person who got killed through the fucking telephone lines. The little the people that he killed on Ooh, what was that evil planet where he saved the little girl? You know, there was like TIE fighter pilots and stuff. There was yeah. pirates up in the sky trying to get him. He killed everybody. Yeah, he killed I, all kinds
1: of people. Yeah, he assassinated a president. Yep.
0: Oh, good one. <laughs> yeah. Good one not to miss. And none of this seems to, in true Star Wars fashion, emotionally bother these people. Yep. One time in the last series, maybe twice, Luke and Mara had a mention of, oh, I know a lot of innocent people probably died on the Death Star. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely killed a lot of people that didn't deserve to be killed when I was the Emperor's Hand, right? Uh, Each of them respectively. But I just don't... When you see it point by point through a story like this, I don't see the shit carrying forward for Ben. No. He's not sad about robot Anakin. I don't know how much you would be. Yeah, he just he's not even that bothered about Jason or his mom anymore. It's been two years, granted, since the last series, but I don't know. I think much in the way that Jaina, her emotions don't get explored enough. I think that's true rings true for just about everybody.
1: And I think and maybe that's
0: not what these fucking books are. Right? Yeah.
1: And I don't think he'll have so much. I think we might be able to see his dis- his decision making change because he got that advice from his mom and then watched what happens if you don't if you do the wrong things right
0: and he did come back feeling guilty about what he did yeah you know he didn't make that direct connection like you just did for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) between what mara said and then immediately what he fucking came back to the consequences of his actions
1: but maybe that carries forward right maybe yeah maybe we'll get to see it in his decisions maybe it won't Like, he won't actively think about it, but maybe we'll be able to pick up on that later.
0: Or maybe, much like our final character, he will never discuss his thoughts with anyone. Ladies and gentlemen, submitted for the the approval of the Midnight Society, I give you Luke Skywalker, aka Grandmaster Mindwalker, aka, fuck this guy. He starts at the book by asking Ben about his shelter memories. And then he says he's wrong about scary, dark tentacles because he doesn't want to feel bad for leaving Ben at shelter when he was two years old, because it traumatized him and scared him away from the force. This is me injecting my opinion mm-hmm. that is not presented in the book. But wouldn't that be neat if it was, if at some point Luke had a moment of reflection Maybe when they're on Sinkhole Station and everything Ben says is confirmed. Yeah. Maybe Luke has a sentence of like, oh, maybe I just didn't want to face the truth of that because I would have to then deal with the guilt of my own actions. I had to do what I had to do to save the galaxy, but I still feel horrible about leaving my child behind. And then it turns out he was in this incredibly vulnerable situation that ruined all of the whole generation of Jedi children. But that's why I couldn't bring myself to believe you, Ben. Sorry, bud. Wrong.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't even have to say that. it out loud. Just his, even his just internal monologue if with something akin to that at, would help. At, at
0: the point in Sinkhole Station where it becomes obvious to Luke, or when he feels the same tentacle thing on Sinkhole Station, he's like, yeah, well, I want you to face your fears, though. That's what he says to Ben. Cool dad alert. Thumbs up. All right. On St. Cole Station, Luke is the one who sees the br- blinking red map of the Maw. He, he's the one who discovers the uh, holes are out of alignment. Mm-hmm. So kudos to him. Gets a little piece of information for us. And Then when they find the mind walkers, the floaty, floaty folks, and the goat man tells Luke that Jason came here, and saw a darkness coming, Luke is 100% in to go beyond shadows. The goat man says, Jason did it. And Luke says, me too then. Because, to be fair, that's what he's here for.
1: Yeah. This is the first time, uh, that's the first time too, that Luke has not actively said, nah, information's bad. It's hard to get him a,
0: to open up, it seems, man. for a dude who is touted as the most open-minded man in the galaxy the wisest the calmest the most I yeah
1: he's a powerful strong mind yeah the most accepting kind of yeah
0: I don't know but he's ready to go beyond shadows alone gotta solve that mystery scoop and it's weird out there all kinds of weird shit drink from the font of power they say it's a trap bathe in the pool of knowledge they say it's a trap Look for the throne of balance no, not dot trap. No, just look for it. No. So he looks for it, and he sees Alana on the throne of balance, surrounded by all her friends, and the throne is white. So that's obviously good. Yep. But Skella Man, not the goat man, Skella Boy, tells Luke, that's not what Jason saw. Here at the end of his journey, when he decided what he saw was very scary. And he felt something terrible coming, and he needed to go finish his training to take care of it. And it was probably going to kill him. That's not what Jason saw that made him feel all those things. So, however useful that is. Now, all these traps aside, Luke Skywalker seems to be a lesser man of a Jedi than Jason Solo. Every time he comes up to one of these traps, he sticks his nose...
1: Yeah, a lot closer Inches to Inches away
0: from the mechanism. Whereas J- they're like, yeah, Jason just watched it from the field across the... Yeah, island. he
1: he wasn't interested <laughs> No, in, uh,
0: didn't even, couldn't tempt him at all. Not even a little bit. So you saw something different than what he saw at the end of his journey. Also, Jason is better than you. Don't forget that. Ever. Can't really necessarily say he was always more open with information, but he was going through a phase, okay? <laughs> P.S. Another piece of information that Luke gets in this that just kind of gets glossed over. Um, You know, the whole Jedi Order is, was, will be, always has been, but definitely will be extinct. That gets just kind of slipped under the door Mm -hmm. at at the end of this visit. And not fully addressed as a, as a scary idea. You know, Luke kind of just takes that information and dismisses it as much of it as he needs to, to move on. Yep. But these guys who, I don't know if they're right or wrong about everything. They say the Jedi Order is going extinct, for sure. Already has. Definitely will. Always will. Every time. No matter what. All of time. And now, you would think this would be important information for the Grandmaster-slash-Architect of the entire New Jedi Order, but never mentioned again.
1: Now, hopefully it comes up. Hopefully he thinks about it later.
0: Tell you what. I hope he tells us he does.
1: <laughs> How about that? I hope I don't have
0: to just inject that. Anyways, definitely it will be extinct. They move on from the... What was that? That was the, the bath of, of, of knowledge. Pool of knowledge. They move on from there to the Lake of Apparitions, as we've discussed Mm -hmm. several times now. And here is where he gets to do his own emotional wrapping up. He apologizes to Anakin, says goodbye to Marjade, and tells Jason about Alana on the throne. Resolutions for all. I'm surprised that he gave Jason A information. Yeah. Be good news. Just thought he might still be petty and vindictive about against his nephew, who he had that antagonistic relationship through with the entire last series, and let him fall to the dark side, and eventually lose his life, and cost millions and millions and trillions of lives.
1: Really, yeah. And there, there was still that little bit of antagonistic relationship by. Oh, yeah. Like I'm not going to apologize. The very first thing Jason. he said,
0: face up out of the water. I'm not going to apologize to
1: you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and looks yeah. like I'm not looking for that. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. It was still antagonistic, but you know what? I guess the best time to forgive somebody is when they're dead. <laughs> 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 you know, Jason Solo would have you believe otherwise, but he's a fucking liar. Now back at Sinkhole St. Station. <laughs> back at Sinkhole St. Station when the Sith attack. Luke decides he wants a prisoner. Why does he want a prisoner? Because who are these Sith? These these crazy people with red lightsabers come piling on the station, start attacking these guys. They don't even know who, who, who these people are until Ben gets a whiff of ship, yep. tells Luke that they're Sith, and then Luke says, let's get a prisoner. Well, gotta solve that mystery, Scoob. Instead of getting a prisoner, he gets the... Fancy burning blood tracker yeah. sprayed all across Vistara to keep tabs on the prisoner that got away. And then he almost gets a little too much blood on them as Vistara and Lady Rhea cut the piss out of him. They
1: kick that crap out of him. They
0: chop him light. up. I mean, <sighs> Lumaya didn't touch him that much with her whips. No. mm Those are two people. Then well, again, it was also Lumaya and... That no, yeah. didn't work. Didn't get her name. No. no didn't work. Twilak lady. N. No. Not Noara of No. Okay. Anyways. Vistara and Lady Rhea. Give this man a ham slicing of a lifetime. And as weakened as he is. He gets the Sith Master. Hand, arm, head. Yep. <laughs> mercifully. As you do. <laughs> cut two limbs off first. And then... Vistar escapes. His prisoner escapes. But she is Dathomiri witch bloodburn Yeah, mar- yeah, the, the, the,
1: the something blood trail. Yeah. It's the, the something. I think it's Dathomir.
0: I think it was those witches. Anyways, after Vistar escapes, Luke heads back to Jade Shadow, where Ben has been firing at Chip. And he then proceeds to going back to being a told dickhead. Ben asks him a final question about their very important mission and all this mind-blowing information that they've gathered. Hey, just one last question. What did Jason see on the throne? And instead of telling his 16-year-old son, I don't know, which is the true answer.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Because
0: he was never told. Nope. And he never saw it. He tells Ben, you don't need to know and it will never matter to you. Good dad alert number two. All the parents in these books? Why? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why are they parents? Why are they assholes? (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, like, both. Yeah. But, like, why why do you not just tell your 16 year old son who just saved your fucking life? You can't just simply tell him. I don't know. I don't. Oh, I don't know. Why? Equally as unhelpful to his son at the end of the book, as he was when we started character development, even in the face of space tripping balls for weeks, he still has, no value for information to and from his son Ben. Didn't believe him about the tentacle. Doesn't say sorry. Doesn't say he doesn't know the answer to Ben's question. Dickhead. What was your favorite moment of Luke Skywalker? <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, if you would like to comment on anything I said in the last rant, feel
1: free. Oh uh, no, nothing about that. I just yeah. I can't remember her name, but I can remember a couple of her Give her me, nicknames. Okay, go. Uh my best one is bug slut. Oh shit. What that was a good one. Help me? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Uh um something about being a crazy dancer.
0: I know she's crazy, Tim. But what? Listen. Yeah,
1: favorite Luke, right? What's your favorite
0: Luke Skywalker moment from this book?
1: Um I his realization of the power and the training of the Sith that he now realizes, right? Yeah. Um, when they are using the Force as like an ex, like an extra limb, like an extension of their bodies, yeah. like when she th- throws that dagger at him, right? And that I like that part where he's like, "Oh, I might be in a little over my head." I don't know who they are, but they're not idiots. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> into that they're effect, right? they're powerful. Like he he has that little glimmer of uh uh-oh and then he cuts her he him realizing that
0: he's outmatched is nice yeah and then his son saves his life in retrospect my favorite luke skywalker moment was when he was talking about taking so much force energy into himself that he could feel burning sensation and his cells and he could feel the amplification starting to tear him apart from the inside because in retrospect i would love for him to have
1: died there because i'm fucking sick of this asshole right now he was so stupid in the last series Two book series he's he's never been near our top as far as uh he
0: has no one else to talk to in the galaxy yeah he is exiled with his son
1: and he's not going to
0: share information with him even a simple i don't know just to
1: i don't know say i don't know yeah you want to sound all deep about it? It was never revealed to me or something. Right. Then you, you can, can still, still sound mysterious. like the Master. <laughs> yes, you can
0: still be cool and mysterious. Yeah. Saying, uh, anyways. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm making up on the spot, but the one I wrote down was, uh, him not being able to open a Kool-Aid space jammer. Because <laughs> it's a pretty good reflection of how useful he is with information. Couldn't possibly break through that little seal to get some out. Any other thoughts on uh, Fate of the Jedi Book 3 Abyss, Tim, off the top of your head? Uh, I'll say this. I'll say this while you think because I throw this at you. I always throw this shit at you. Yeah, uh, you do. With no warning. This book was not a science fiction book. This book was barely a science fiction book. This was a fantastic. Wow. How redundant is this? A fantastic (laughs) fantasy-infused psychedelic horror trip for Luke, Ben, and Vastara. Han, Leia, and Jaina had solid action scenes and some cool political maneuvering and fodder there, but the personal dynamics were empty. Yeah. Not full. (laughs) Like... Her name was Abeloff. You know, the the personal interactions between those characters were uh, very annoying.
1: Yeah, superficial. Superficial. That's the one.
0: Yeah, but what's her name? But seriously,
1: yeah, that's
0: what this book was. You know, half of the characters got to have this amazing once-in-a-lifetime journey, and then half of them Stayed at home and got mad at each other.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. What do you think? Any, any any little any little things to add? Just that, like you said, this wasn't your traditional science fiction novel. Yeah. It seemed more of like a encyclopedia on fringe science.
0: <laughs> Please elaborate.
1: Like, I, I don't know if you ever saw the show Fringe. No. But it was all all sorts of, like... Is that
0: the one with Dawson?
1: Not Dawson. The dude from Dawson's Creek, though, isn't it? Um, yeah But he's not Dawson? Yes, I think so. Cool. Um, And I never saw Dawson's Creek, but I think so.
0: I know um, that Katie Holmes was, like, big-time teenager crush at the time. And
1: that's the <laughs> only reason I know anything about that show, I think. And it was a hey, where they I want to go look into someone's memory. So I'm going to put you in this like sensory deprivation tank and do right. this kind of stuff right. to you.
0: It's like, it's being vaguely cutting edge science sort of like, yeah, the, the, like talking about time and, 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 and like how time works and time is all, you know, humans think of time as a linear thing, but it's really a circle. And all yeah, that, it's all everything
1: that and nothing all at once. And right. You you are in your body, but that's an illusion. That all kind of right. And then,
0: right. So it it like it it was like science fiction mixed with psychedelic horror.
1: Yeah, it was. It's you know? fun.
0: It was. It was fucking awesome.
1: I I liked it. I enjoyed this one yeah. a lot. Uh, I
0: wish it just wasn't so. I don't know. I wish this. I wish this nice half of a book wasn't laying on these stinky socks, and the other half yeah, of the book—the interpersonal stuff—needs yeah, to be like, elevated. I am a bit. being, I'm just being too harsh on on the other stuff, on the other characters. Their scenes were cool. Some of their scenes were cool. <laughs> Han and Leia barging into the Jedi Council and watching that argument—I liked that. Watching them. Get mad at Jag and Jaina over a 12-hour-old secret. Didn't like that. Mm -hmm. Watching them battle Mandalorians and then Space Cowboy their way out with Jedi stowaway type of thing. Love that. Right? But yeah, the undercurrent of everything is this annoying, immature emotion. Yeah, Like this petty anger that is so contrived and mm-hmm. superficial to your point
1: yeah all the a lot of the interpersonal conversations are are annoying the overall story <laughs> yeah man was great yeah man
0: and you know what this this is more criticism than we've had for a lot of Troy's books but I just thought it really just a lot of lacking emotional importance but how, how am I saying that at the same time as, like, Jag has this big character growth that we do kind of decide makes sense? Mm-hmm. Jaina, I don't know. What? What? What are her feelings at all?
1: Yeah, she just kind of floated she there. She just kind of,
0: she doesn't want to be under the thumb of Dalla, but she also just likes having Jag as her boyfriend. That's all she's focused on right now. Mm-hmm. She's not. I don't I don't know. And then, you know, it's like she had one mission, one mission, one mission, each book. She does one thing, one thing, one thing. Whether it's, you know, trying to actually do a breakout or staging a fake press junket breakout or. None of it is tied together with intense emotions. No. It's her flippantly being like, oh, I was pretty sad for a while after I killed my
1: brother. Let's go do this. Moving on. Yeah, let's go do this rash thing. Or
0: being like, oh, geez, I don't know. Uh, I feel, oh, I don't know if Jag should even trust me. I don't even know if I deserve his trust. Moving on, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Every time, sweep. I don't know. There's a lot of chances to to up the emotional stakes, and it's just they're making out behind the temple. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, to end this more positively. Vistara and Ben step up into the spotlight. Yeah. As leaders of their pocket stories. And Abiloth
1: steps onto the stage. I think she's the bad guy. Of the story.
0: What gave it away? (laughs) Her being in the in the review episode? (laughs) Or just the fact that she is some unquantifiable unimaginably powerful Thing. dark side force. Yeah. She's probably the most interesting character ever in Star Wars the books that I've read. Yeah. Maybe and I mean like outside of main cast right? Jason wins. <laughs> Jaina, Ben, Luke Han, Leia all great. I'm talking like Maybe villains, maybe uh, tertiary characters. But she's the most interesting character, Star Wars timeline legends that I've read since maybe Nam Anor Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the new Jedi Order series where he is a brand new species and they are fucking weird. You know what I mean? And then since then, cool, 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 cool. The Killiks are cool. Humans, I mean, not humans, but bipedal civil war. Cool. And then Avaloth. Yeah. And she could not be more
1: enigmatically interesting. Yeah. And it's the, they threw something new at us. Something totally
0: new and give us very little information about her. Is that even her name? Who knows?
1: Yeah. That's what she said her name was. But well, she's also making herself look pretty and nice to everybody when she's really tentacle fingers. What is she? She's all tentacular. Who is she?
0: I don't know. Where is she from? I don't know. How old is she? I don't know. How powerful is she? I don't know. How is she familiar to Luke?
1: I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. That is dreadful.
0: Yeah. Haunting. Daunting. But okay. now it's time. To rate it. Mm-hmm. What do you give... Book three, Abyss. How many fates do you rate it out of nine? This one's up there. This one's up there. Ooh. See, the trick, the trick, the tough trick of this is that you're also projecting forward. Where are the other books going to fit in
1: on a rating scale?
0: You can have ties. I'm trying to
1: yeah. not have ties. I'm, I'm putting this up there and it's like six or seven. Mm, that's high. That's yeah. high. Out of nine. Yeah. That's a lot of fates.
0: Yeah, I'm going to rank this one. Three out of nine fates.
1: So you have a one, a two, and a three so far.
0: That's right. <laughs> and I've read the series, and I'm correct.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's me cheating and looking ahead. Speaking of looking ahead. It's time to hit the preview section Of the review preview episode where we look ahead to legacy of the force book four, backlash written by Aaron Alston rest in peace published March 9th 2010 our fifth Aaron Alston book Tim on the podcast so we pretty much know what to expect yeah yeah Uh, ship to ship combat. Location mm-hmm. title cards and definitely old Rogue Squadron pilots. First page I flipped through. <laughs> what is, I don't know. It's got a location oh, yeah. thing on it. <laughs> uh, we know what we're getting ourselves into with Aaron Olsen for sure. Now, the front cover. Yes. Ben Skywalker. Ben Bad Haircut Skywalker. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's a very it's a very Luke episode four. Haircut,
0: yeah. yeah, which is obviously, you know, the iconography you try to evoke when you're trying to connect yeah, readers to characters. But, yep, yeah. <laughs> he's got a big fluffy fucking dust bowl on top of his head. <laughs> he's wearing Jedi robes with his blue lightsaber drawn and ignited, looking sternly off to his left. That's the front cover. Yep.
1: <laughs> that is the front cover.
0: <laughs> you know... We got how many times have we had Ben on the cover? Two now?
1: Yeah, twice. Cuz he was Fury? Yeah.
0: In the last series and now here he is on Backlash. Obviously going to be an important character. Wow. Yeah. What? Backlash are we talking about? I mean it's maybe maybe before we maybe before we get into that Uh, I want to ask you the question that I asked you before we started recording. Because, to point it out to our listeners, this series and the previous series have very drastically different art styles for their covers. Legacy of the Force was photorealism. You know, it it was everybody in full color palette in... Actual scene in situation, you know, it's Luke Skywalker drawn to look like his older self swinging on a vine through a flaming forest. Mm. It's um, angry, yellow eyed Jason face with a with a space battle behind him in the background. These covers are drastically different. Yeah. Which I like from a. From a like a branding standpoint where you, you know, let the two series look very different. Yeah. That's cool. Let let
1: them be their separate series, even though they're dealing with the same characters. Yeah.
0: Now it kind of would be cool to have them looking united on my bookshelf, but (laughs) these covers in the fate of the Jedi series are like almost black and white, high contrast, uh, stylistic portraits with, a very limited background.
1: Seen the movie Sin City? Yes. Like that. Actually,
0: no, I haven't, but I've seen clips of it.
1: Yes, like that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but they're not all black and white, actually.
1: No, and... and Some of them have...
0: Well, I mean, I think the only light... Oh, shit. The only light reflected on the characters' faces in these black and white contrast photos might be from their lightsabers. Because there's a... One of the other covers has... Somebody's got a bit of an orange glow on their face.
1: Yeah, and that's what it's like in Sin City, too. In, Sin, in the movie, there's splashes of color right. occasionally, right. but most of it's the black and white. In it.
0: It's very cool style. It's very artistic. But I, I don't know. What do you like better? I think I like the... For it being... I, I want to see what these characters look like. Yeah. For that, uh, from that perspective, I really liked the more realistic version of the previous series covers. But
1: these look dope yeah and, they look cool and because you asked me this before i already <laughs> have my answer um the the one question i gave yeah you that you gave me yeah yeah the the style <laughs> the style of these covers are i like better but they're the, go ahead but the the dynamic backgrounds and what's going on yeah. with the actual portraits and the other yeah and, and legacy of the forest yeah
0: these covers are very minimalistic. hmm Aha. <laughs> That's all. I just want to say that word. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> all right. Now, let's read the back cover. Oh, let's. I haven't looked at this book at all since I got it.
0: Wow. Spoiler alert on the back cover. This is brand new. Locked in a war of wills and weapons, the Jedi Order and the Galactic Alliance must come to terms before the Sith's army of darkness enacts revenge. Repercussions from the Dark Side's fatal seduction of Jason Solo and the mysterious plague of madness afflicting young Jedi continue to wreak galaxy-wide havoc. Although you wouldn't know it, they only talk about Coruscant. Luke and Ben Skywalker are in pursuit of the now masterless Sith Apprentice. A chase that leads to the forbidding planet Dathomir, where the Skywalkers will be forced into combat for their quarry and their lives. Meanwhile, Han and Leia have completed their own desperate mission shuttling madness-stricken Jedi to safe haven beyond the grasp of Galactic Alliance Chief of State Natasi Dala, Yet, no greater threat exists than Abeloth, a being of ravenous dark side energy who calls out to Jedi and Sith alike. For some, it may be the ultimate source of answers for survival. For others, it could be the ultimate weapon of conquest. But for all, It is a game-changing encounter of untold magnitude with unimaginable consequences. Could you hype the end of that up anymore? No. Wow. Abeloth, named on the back cover of the fourth book. Yes. I'll just let it be known. I put her in the review. Before I looked at the back, (laughs) too, because I knew once she gets named, like I told you several times throughout our episodes over the last few weeks. We're going, you know how like, okay, let me use an analogy. All right. You know how in skateboarding. okay, there was like. There was like a certain height of half pipe. Yeah. And then they're like, you can't go any bigger than that. And then they were like, yeah, let's go 50 feet. And then they're like 70 feet. This is exponentially ramping up faster than the X games in 2010, baby. Oh, I meant 2001, probably. Oh, but (laughs) shit is about to get out of fucking control, man. We have a lot of questions. I don't remember how many answers we get, but I know anything we do get
1: is crazy. It's well based just based on your comment uh that this was the third book of the series and y- your ratings are in line <laughs> um by the time we're done this book series my rating is going to be like 35 of yeah, 9
0: or you can just have a bunch of nines
1: that's true that's okay that's true
0: you know i have given myself the personal challenge of one number per book
1: that's what i was trying to do too and yeah. then you threw my whole that, thing out of out of whack that,
0: that. I also gave this one only a three out of nine back to Abyss because it was half suck. Okay. But now to backlash. We're told a lot of things on the back cover. Luke, Ben, and Vestara are all off to Dathamir? Mm-hmm. Why is she going there? They're following her, obviously. I wonder why she's going there. Han and Leia are in for trouble in the Hapen cluster? Oh. And Abeloth is a game changer. Game changer, man. I wasn't fucking kidding. They no. printed it on the back of the book.
1: Yeah, and she's. And they.
0: Untold magnitude, unimaginable consequences. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Do you think you could have guessed any of the things that Luke and Ben did in this book before this book? Or do you think you would label that? relatively speaking, unimaginable.
1: Yeah, no, I. there's not a chance.
0: They printed it on the back of the next book.
1: Yes, they did. Which is more of the, from that we've been talking about in this book, in this series so far, of things just being bigger, mm-hmm. crazier, mm-hmm. unknown. Yeah. She's a
0: game changer. Yep. But the question is, what game? what trouble why Dathomir and where is Zach (laughs) find out next week when we start fate of the Jedi book Four: backlash with chapters one through four I'm Justin I'm Tim this is lucky number 13 coming
1: up right on I'm excited Man,
0: For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com. Forever Cannon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Blazer. Check us out.